Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hey, now. Dave. Hippity. And Tori. Hello, Internet. I was expecting Dave to say you're an all-star. I wanted him to. I led him to it. And he dropped the ball. <laughs> hey, now. I don't have to do everything you say. Uh, but we start with good thing, and Craig does that. Go. Uh, this week, I've been playing a bunch of Octopath Travelers 2 which is the sequel to Octopath Travelers 1. Which is the sequel to Octodad. <laughs> no, no, it is not. Um, for those of you not familiar, it's an RPG it's a- that you have a party of eight different people. And as you can guess from the title, uh, they each have their own story. So they have little you know, bits of story. You go to different I towns. I think and, I could guess that from the title. Well, the traveling. You're, you're, there's an eight-path traveler. Mm. So... It's um, a spiritual sequel to Saga Frontier, oh or gosh. Salsa Frontier, if you look at the actual font they used for the title. About seventh Saga. So, uh, it is pretty neat. Uh, they've done some things differently than the first game, which I actually like. They seem to incorporate the stories a lot better with with uh, the way the world map is structured. So, you actually find yourself going like back and forth rather than just constantly making a circle if you want to do all the stories. And you also have some joint stories where you actually have two characters share a story now in addition to their single path so you get to see a lot more interaction with your party members so it doesn't just feel like you're carrying around eight different people who just have their own thing they feel closer to being a party but keep in mind this is different Mm. than any other like uh rpg that you might play which is usually just a central story that your party members are working towards Ultimately. I saw a Yagamoth streaming, and he had a guy with a train. Okay, yeah. And he was trying to explain trains to other guys. I don't remember. Did they <laughs> suplex the train? On the train. The, the steam engine, that, perhaps, Dave? I don't know. He had a he had invented the train, and he had a patent, but he wanted to like yeah, let people. That's a steam engine. Play the train, not a train. And then the other guy wanted to make money off the train. Yep. I don't remember. Are yeah, just, it was. Uh, it was dodging Tori's question here because I feel like we deserve answers. I didn't hear Tori's question. Do you get to suplex the train? Oh, this is not Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's it's pretty neat. So, uh, I mean, I recommend checking out if, if you're a fan of the first game or if you're just a fan of RPGs in general. Octopath Traveler 2. It has nothing to do with Octodad. Don't listen to Mike. But it is a spiritual sequel to Saga Frontier. Great. What about, is that related to Seventh Saga? I think I asked that and forget. I don't know Seventh Saga, so I don't know. Oh, Seventh Saga is an Enix game, but this one's by Square Enix, so I don't know. Oh, wait, but then there's also Saga. It was a Square series. And then there's also Romancing Saga, which is, I think, related to the Saga series. And then the Game Boy Saga games were released in the U.S. as Final Fantasy Legend. Huh, you convinced me. Okay, so Dave, I think it's your turn to have a good Craig. So my good thing this week is, I believe last week or the previous, I mentioned Naoki Kodaka, who was, well, he's 
he's a former video game music composer, now college professor, and that teaches video game music <laughs> or something. Um, anyway, uh, super cool, awesome compositions on the NES from like 86 to 93, did a little bit of 16-bit stuff. So I was in my car today, and I said, oh, let me see, maybe like he has a presence on Spotify. And what I found was a podcast called BG Mania, a video game music podcast, and they had an episode dedicated to Noaki Kodaka. So, was it Noaki? Yeah, Noaki that Noaki Kodaka. That sounds yeah, like a great. podcast made specifically for Dave. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the podcast that I would have made if I were less lazy and didn't make the excuse that it would probably have legal complications. But yeah, so they listen to tracks and they talk about it and they have different episodes where they break it down. You know, they might do something by console or by game or by composer. And it is their website is rpgera.com. Or maybe they they play baseball RPGs and it's rpgera.com. I don't know. But uh, yeah, so I listened to about half of that Noaki Kodaka episode and I liked what I heard so far. So looking forward to checking out some more of this podcast. BG Mania, colon, a video game music podcast. Neato burrito. Uh, anybody got anything for that or should I go on? No. Okay. It sounds like a podcast made specifically. It really for does. Me. It really yeah. does. Uh, so my good thing this week is I think something Tori would also like to talk about. I suspect she's also seen it. Uh, the Last of Us season one. Yes. Yes. It's really, really, really good, you guys. It's really good. Uh, okay, so episode three is one of the best episodes of television ever. It's it's incredible. Wow. You can just watch episode three without watching the rest of the show. Yeah, you don't really need context for that one. Um, the finale is probably the worst episode of the season, and it's still really, really good. It's still really good. Just it's so good. Incredible show all the way through. I waited until the like the whole thing was out before I watched it so that I didn't have to wait, and I'm glad I did because I got to watch it at the speed that I wanted, and it was great. Yeah, I, I watched it week to week as it came out, and I enjoyed every bit of it. Uh, I have not finished the game because I am a coward and I can't play horror games, um, but I was able to watch the show with no problems at all. It's so much easier to watch horror than it is to play horror um, for reasons. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of my good friends who has played the game many times watched it with me and uh, pointed out to me all of the times that they deviated from the game. And uh, as far as I'm aware, they were fairly faithful to it. So uh, if you do enjoy the game, uh, you'll, you will probably enjoy the show also. And if you, like me, are not able to get through the game, the show is an option. Or if you just want to watch a really good show. Yeah, one of those. Mm-hmm. But yeah, The Last of Us, extremely good. My mom likes scary shows and doesn't like video games. Would she like it? I think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think most people would. Like, it's just a really well-made show. So, yeah. Yeah, normally I, I don't... I try not to watch things that are based on other things until I've experienced the original thing. You know, like, oh, I can't watch the movie if I haven't read the book kind of kind of thing. So it was like, oh, oh yeah. I, I really should play that game. And I tried to play the game, and I couldn't do it. So uh, Can't watch Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy until you listen to the radio series. Right. 
so I haven't played The Last of Us. I also haven't seen any playthroughs of it. I've seen about half of The Last of Us 2, like the middle, and I don't remember much. But yeah, the show is great. So, Tori. Oh, well, my good thing this week is uh, I'm about two-thirds of the way through an adorable little anime series that I highly recommend. It's called Spy Family, uh, or Spy X Family. There's an X in the middle. I think it's supposed to be silent. It's an adorable show. Uh, So the main character is a spy special agent codenamed Twilight, which is a really dumb name. But um, his mission... It's actually about... I'm oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, it's actually about spies. His mission... His mission is to get close to this reclusive political figure that only ever comes out to visit with the other parents of students at the elite private school that his own children attend. So Twilight uh, adopts the persona of Lloyd Forger, a psychologist... And he adopts a child from a shady orphanage. And uh, then he finds a woman who's willing to marry him on very short notice. And they pose as a family so he can conduct his mission. But he doesn't know that his new wife is actually a highly skilled assassin. And his tiny daughter is a telepath. So as soon as he shows up at the shady orphanage, (laughs) like, I need a child. (laughs) She's like, oh. He's a spy, just like the spy character on that cartoon I love. He has to adopt me. And so she answers all of the questions <laughs> correctly because she can read his mind. And um, and his wife uh, is deeply embedded in City Hall uh, and all of the other secretary ladies working in city hall are like it's kind of suspicious that you're single at your age and she's like "Ooh, i need to get married to keep my cover and so (laughs) he doesn't know she's an assassin she doesn't know he's a spy little girl knows everything about both of them and none (laughs) of them know that she knows everything and it's adorable (laughs) and it's so fun and it's so cute (laughs) um i've been watching it on hulu it's also on crunchyroll uh so yes Highly recommend that show. What it sounds. What cute. is it called again? I, Spy Family. It's actually about the dragon from My Little Pony. It's about Spike's family. Right, right. Which also explains Twilight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's it for me. Okay. Uh, what do we do next? We end the show. That's right. Bye, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, oh, next we talk about our Discord server. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, patreon.com slash CosmereCast. Uh, you can listen in live if you're a patron, or you can just join the server if you're not, if you don't want to give us money. And, uh... And we do a commercial. We do, we do commercials, like a lot of commercials. Uh, we've got sponsorships, mm-hmm. like lots of them. Stamps.com, Purple, Mattresses, um, Bombas Socks, <laughs> Blue Apron, yeah. These are all things that we could insert here. Yep, all the, all the ads that we do... <laughs> Every week, uh, those great ad reads that we do that we get paid lots of money for. No, we need to find the ad that somebody shared in our Discord server. Uh, They asked uh, ChatGPT to make a um, Cosmere-themed breakfast cereal. That's the advertisement that we should be reading on here. (laughs) Yeah, they sponsor us. They definitely exist. Uh, I didn't actually read that, so I'm just going to take a guess. Call it Shard Flakes. We need to look that up. With with Does marshmallow anyone remember spread? what channel it was in? <laughs> oh, they could call it ATM shavings. 
shard flakes with marshmallow spren, you guys. Come on. <laughs> yes, yes, marshmallow spren. I don't want to eat spren. Yeah, you do every do day, I. Dave. Your little cut-up potatoes, each of them has a spren. Oh, yeah, I guess I, I do eat flavor spren. Uh, or spice spren. But I think now we do uh, chapters. Baby spice spren. Ginger spice spren. Dave's going to talk for a bit. Oh, I found it, you guys. Uh, Stormlight breakfast cereal. Introducing Stormlight Breakfast Cereal, a crunchy and delicious meal inspired by the epic fantasy series, The Stormlight Archives. This cereal offers the perfect start to your day, empowering you with the stamina and strength to brave any storm. The cereal comes in three different flavors, each inspired by one of the three orders of the Knights Radiant. These flavors include Windrunner Waffles. Made with whole grain flour and enriched with essential vitamins and minerals, these waffles offer a hearty and filling breakfast that will power you through the day. The syrup drizzles on the waffles offer a taste of pure sweetness. Lightweaver Loops. These multicolored fruit loops are fortified with real fruit extracts, providing a burst of energy and essential nutrition with each bite. The bright colors remind you of the different surges associated with the Lightweavers. And Dustbringer Delight. For those seeking a more chocolatey and decadent experience, this rich and creamy cereal is sure to satisfy. Packed full of dark chocolate chunks and cocoa powder, this cereal will keep you charged and motivated to conquer any obstacle that comes your way. Each box of Stormlight Breakfast Cereal comes with a collectible Knight's Radiant Order pen, featuring a different order with every purchase. Start your day the radiant way. <laughs> <laughs> there was an so attempt. You forgot to mention this. You forgot to mention the scariest part of all of this, and that is that uh, user Brady Flanagan actually had an AI generate that advertisement. No, she mentioned that. <laughs> ChatGPT. Oh, did she mention yep. that? Yep. I don't. I didn't know what ChatGPT was, but it's a. It's an AI. Yes. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know. I didn't actually know the name of the AI, and maybe our listeners didn't know what. what that's why I acted like I didn't hear all that. Hey, fun fact: we, we've been discovering this at the library. If you go to ChatGPT and you say, "Hey, I really enjoyed this, this, and this book. Can you recommend other books to me?" The recommendations are actually pretty good. <laughs> uh oh! <laughs> oh no! That doesn't bode well for uh, for Tori. I mean, or, no, or it, does it help? Um, it helps Tori a lot. That yeah. that doesn't eliminate the need for librarians, man. Yeah. True. Because you still have to shelf the books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you still have to feed the AI coffee in the morning. Mm. So that mm-hmm. was our sponsorship. Now we move on to chapters. All right. Chapters 83. No, I don't want to do 83 chapters this week. Let's just do like four or five. Do like 83 to 87 maybe. That sound good? Yeah, sure. That sounds good. All right, chapters 83 through 87 of Elantris by Brandon Sanders. Oh, no, no. I don't think there was that many in Elantris. <laughs> well, that's it, also not a multiple of three, so gotcha there. No, wait, 87 is a multiple of three, but five isn't. Anyway, chapter 83, the games of men and singers. I like cards. Erythru is the original Ithi Lanajiro. Stones remember... And remind Venley. All right, Craig, <laughs> what happened in this scene? Is that all you have? Oh, okay, now you, this you break the part. Venley is practicing her powers uh, because we we got a we got a jailbreak this particular chapter. Uh, Venley has decided to volunteer her services to rescue Lift, so she's she's working on that, and she actually attunes the tones of cultivation to odium in harmony in order to. Be able to no, 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 down. not harmony. He's still on Scadrial. No, no, in har. <laughs> okay, lowercase h harmony. 
Thank you, Mike. Wait, or should I blame Brandon that we can't use these words normally? <laughs> we can't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I can't even use the word odium in everyday conversation <laughs> anymore. Right, you totally um, ruined it. I think that's all. It's all Tori. Not ruined. Oh, no. Odium. <laughs> I think that's all your bullet points are for this particular scene. Okay, so what about Erythro is the original Ithilanagira? How do you feel about that? I don't, I don't know what that. I don't even know what half those words mean. They I used the stones of the of the mountain that was here to reshape and form the tower. Yeah, I understand that. I don't know what Ithilanagira is. You don't. Everybody knows <laughs> it, that. Is to that the his point that thing? I don't feel like we need to address this? Was that Please his good thing? It. I don't know it. No, uh, no. I feel like we should just move on. You, because which word are you having trouble means. with? I don't know what that the? phrase means. Yes, let's start with the. <laughs> the is an article. Oh my gosh! To combine them, combine. I can them. Google this faster than he can. No, unite them. Yes, you I don't think you can because I made it up. Um, see, Uri is, I think, the Donchant word for original. Yeah. So Erythru is the original Ithilanajira. Yeah, it just falls apart at the end. Well, what's Uri backwards? Ear you. Our listeners will figure it out and Ear you? post in Discord. We'll leave it. That'll be our our puzzle Look, for the week. Look, if Tori right. doesn't get it, I'm I'm glad because <laughs> okay. I'm not the only one. Craig. Yeah. Look at the last word in that line. Yeah, I spell see it. it backwards. Original. All right. Next scene. <laughs> Uriolin and Nystar. Light and mystery. Rebonial probably suggested the pursuer put them in charge of watching the infirmary. Kaladin can't quit the family. Lirin fired him. Lirin, like most men, uses anger to hide fear. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> if Lirin can't heal Kaladin, the least they can do is try to uplift him on his coma bed. <laughs> All right, take it. Who? Uh, so if you're Craig. if you're ever given the opportunity to quit or be fired, uh, at least in the U.S., you should force them to fire you because it makes it much more likely that you will get unemployment benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, didn't they have a whole bit about that on The Office? Yeah, that was a thing. That sounds like it's a thing. Uh, anyway. I think it was, was it not Creed? Creed was supposed to get fired, but then he got the other guy fired who was like the country music star. <laughs> um, Creed was act- like actor that played Creed is actually a rock star. Which so is kind of funny. So Lenwi meets with Flint. Was his name Flint? Flint? Flint, something like that. Why did I say Lenwi? Venli meets with Leshwi at this part and talking about the the guards uh, that have been stationed around the infirmary, basically saying that the pursuer has found Kaladin's parents. So that's you know he threatened them before to use them to draw Kaladin out. So this is a bad thing. But what are those guards' names, Craig? I don't know. Bob and... One of them's named... De- well, what's One of what's them's the named name? after a Sega Genesis what's game. What's the name I'm looking for? Not Dave. Doug. Doug. I knew it began with a D. Yeah, Doug and Doug. Doug. That, that's a funny name. Um, anyway, uh, so Rabonial... Rabonial. Rabonial. See, I caught, my, I caught myself. Uh, is sort of protecting them. So for now, they have like an uneasy like balance, and Leshui doesn't seem too concerned, but Venli is a little concerned about this situation. Um, after this discussion, uh, Venli does—I I think it's Venli, right—has has the discussion to go talk to Calvin's parents to try to get them to help heal him. And Liren, 
uh, doesn't want anything to do with him. He's like, he's not, you know, he's not my son anymore. This is the whole, he's fired. Um, but I remembered in the office, it was the opposite. The guy tried to quit, and then Michael Scott fired him. And then Michael Scott was like, or the, I think Jan was like, why did you fire him? He was going to quit. Now we have to pay him severance or something like that. Yeah. So uh, anyway, Liren claims he's not going to go help his son because he he made his bed. He has no son. Well, except no that son. other one. Yeah. And that other but one. But Hasina does volunteer to go. Oh, I got sad all of a sudden. Hasina is like, he's still my son, so I'm going to go help him and do what I need to. And th- there's definitely, there's a lot being unsaid here by Lirand, um that Venley doesn't necessarily pick up. And Abid. Sure. Uh, that Venley doesn't necessarily pick up on because she's used to people having, attuning to certain rhythms to be able to talk about their emotions. And humans operate a little differently. That's when she realizes he's actually afraid, not angry. Um and then I think there's a plan to actually go get lift. Yeah. this Is this where we go to get lift? Is this the end of your chapter? Okay, there's more. Yep. Okay. Where did Venli shard Vlad? Where? What? How tight is Venli's butt? <laughs> what? If Venli will know when she should say the words, then why does she have to ask? It's true. She, because she she's not know. ready yet. She's not ready yet. So where's did Venli shard Vlad? What does that even mean? I don't even think she did shard blood. I think that she just bees a stone melder. Yes. Stone warden. She does not have a shard and, blood. Okay. Always be beezing and doozing. <laughs> mm. Yeah, she she doesn't she claims she has a shard blade. That's the story she tells others, but it's her one of her surges that she's able to melt the stone and, and like that's the whole thing we were practicing at the beginning of the chapter. It is- and then she had like this whole lie made up about it. Well, except that it's also a lot of truth in it, but she, but then she decides not to over-explain herself. She's like, yes, it was Eshonized. Or no, she says, yes, I found it on the road somewhere. Don't worry about it. This is... <laughs> it's a perfect lie. Pattern how is, love it. How is this less going to draw attention than her having radiant powers? Just, like, hiding a shard blade from the fuse this whole time? Well, she's not even implicated. The fuse don't know she busted Lyft out of jail. At least that's the intent. I can't use that word either. <laughs> so, how tight is Venley's butt? Should Lyft go, or should she stay? Well, Lyft goes, so I guess tight enough. Well, because she sees Dabid. So, so Venley's butt not, either isn't too tight, or she's, she knows Dabid's butt well enough to, to go along with what he says. And hey, he says stuff. He does speak a little bit at this point. But now Venley is starting to act closer to what her ideal should be we, we we already knew the words i don't recall them offhand at the moment but she had the words in her head she tried to say it and she totally didn't mean i will it. free those who can't capture themselves mm-hmm. so she's getting closer because she's actually taking steps but uh not quite there yet yeah There's something about freeing people i forget benley would hate playing pokemon i will seek freedom for those in bondage well tambor would all right so there's a picture of a knife with a gem in it. At first I thought, it was like, oh, this looks like some kind of maybe span reed knife. I don't know. I was like, it, it looks like... Uh, well, there's two of them? Or it's that there's a gem in it? So I thought it was kind of like a span reed, but a knife instead of a span reed. But we'll find out. In chapter 84, Scholar. How have we had 84 chapters already in this book and not had one titled Scholar yet? Oh, hey, Dave. Uh, you know all those mm-hmm. squiggles on the art page? 
They're all symmetrical. Those are the Alethi script. It's been translated. I don't know what it says. Maybe maybe Craig yeah, or Tori can look it up and, and tell us what it says. There's a lot of words on that page. I'll look it up. What page was it? Chapter 84 minus one page. But uh, the chapter title is Scholar, so maybe there'll be a reference to the picture there. But I noticed that all the characters are symmetrical. They're all, they all have line symmetry across the x-axis. And once, go figure that. Once Tori finds it, she can let us know whether or not it's okay for Dave to hear what it says. All right. Chapter 84. Maybe Navani can think of a way to destroy Odium, and maybe no one else will use that to destroy cultivation. Weapons that don't look like weapons, like a cane sword or a span reed knife. <laughs> Magnets. Rejoining Fabrial Spren. Oh, this is one of them herald-snatching daggers. Chromium dagger? Or racium? Navani tries to add spren, but accidentally discovers multiplication. Riponiel got an advanced copy of the omnibus. So, chapter 84, it's Navani, and she's doing sciencey things and asking for suspicious materials like magnets and strange otherworldly metals. And so Riponiel's like, here's your... Here's your... Knife made out of the god metal of Odia. Man, she is... And she's like, great, thanks. She is all over the place in this chapter. Like, there is absolutely no focus on, like, any scholarly pursuit. She does 87 different things at once. Because apparently Brandon thinks that that's how other people's brains work. That's how Navani's brain works. Does it, though? I guess it does, because Brandon well, wrote her that way. Also, but... <laughs> she also doesn't really want the metal necessarily for the this experiment she's actually trying to get the metal because he's trying to figure out a way to defeat odium right and now that she has a metal made out of his blood cells then like maybe she can invert them and kill him with them and now i'm thinking like so the way racium is described in the dagger they i think ribonial says it's a conduit for investiture so like it's supposed to suck the investiture out of the radiance which which they show and it can also capture heralds inside the gem that's in the hilt, right? So, well, I guess it's not the hilt, it's the pommel. But um, I'm just <laughs> getting, going real deep into sword anatomy, sorry. Um, there's a gem in the pommel, and yeah. Anyways, it can capture the heralds like they've done the Ezrian, like uh, Ghost Blood Man is trying to do to Kalek. Kalekaleki hai, Kalekaheini ho. And that's his full, this is his full name, but tell an L and L and L stone thing you. This collects is it's true. what I just said. And so first of all, oh, yeah, it's okay. So it like takes investiture away from somebody. So it's like chromium, right? Or maybe even could be like Duralumin or Nicrosol that amplifies the investiture. Or it could be what Rabonial said it is and made of racium. And so now I'm like, oh man, what if Hoyd got a hold of this racium and he burned it allomantically? Like, what would that? Do? Would it let him absorb MP? Like, is it basically like, uh, like the Osmo spell from FF4 where you can like suck MP? I would. From I would think that it would let him. It creature? would throw him a gem heart. Okay, let let's let's talk about this for a moment. Um, because there has been a retcon for those of you. I, I know we've talked about it multiple times. ATM. In the book, uh, the Mistborn Error 1 books, is technically ATM Electrum. That's because, in general, anyone should be able to burn a god metal, regardless if they are misting or, you know, full Mistborn. And we didn't have that in the book. So it's just sort of like 
swept under the rug and let's just say ATM Electrum, uh, the, the mistings that Ellen was looking for, for the 116, that whole thing that preservation made, we'll say that, that they burn ATM Electrum. That's the type of misting they are. But anyone should be able to burn, uh, burn just straight ATM. Now, as for what it does, I th I don't think this has been confirmed. People have suggested it's what Ellen does uh, at the right before he dies, where he basically peeks into the spiritual realm and sees everything. Like he gets a huge glimpse of the uh, future. Odium is like a Odium is like a future future seeing guy. Yeah. Right. So in general, what ATM does, it's it's um alloys would be some form of future sight augmented with whatever the the metal normally oh, does so okay. electrum is a view of of uh someone else which is why you see trails of other people's future paths it, I, I, i'm just speaking off the top of my head i think that's the case um and lyrasium we know gives people access to preservation uh well not preservation sorry so, uh alamancy first of all this retcon is unnecessary i'm okay with the fact that lyrasium works on its own and doesn't need an alamancer to burn it and uh second of all this retcon doesn't exist you guys are making it up no it show me in the book where did it's it it has been it? where was it in the books I've it's read? not in the books yet brandon still needs okay, to figure out exist. how to right, incorporate it, it. Exist. it's unnecessary and it doesn't exist um I have that translation of the dagger page whenever you like and and so the dagger gram <laughs> the dagger gram <laughs> So the question would be, what does Odium's metal actually do? Like, what does it seem that, to do? That is my question, yes. For what we know, the Odium in the knife is actually like a Odium-Chromium alloy. And and that's just why it, it wipes someone else's, like it leeches okay. someone else's. I don't know. True, I'm I, making I, that up. I have not read that alloy, anymore. Sure. But I don't know exactly what Odium's metal actually does when someone burns it. But they each seem to have a unique effect, and... Everyone should ha be able to burn any, sh like, straight god it, metal. Bur burning racium makes you instantly not guilty. Uh, and Dave, the reason it was needed is because we are introducing other shards and other god metals into the, you know, into the book series. And it became, like, a huge point where, where uh, Brandon realized he sort of messed up with Atium because everyone should be able to burn any god metal. So he had to Why, he had though? to fix it. Uh, it's, it's just a, a general property of the god metals themselves. Because otherwise, okay, Lyrasium well, doesn't work. Right. No, I Lyrasium, I I can accept that the guy that grants Alamancy can have his metal grant Alamancy. I never had a problem with that. Oh no, I I agree I with you. This is a dumb retcon, but like that's the reasoning <laughs> is is to retroactively allow a thing that he already allowed through other me it's yeah it's a mess yeah I, I don't i don't think it's the lorassium that's the problem i think he realized there were other issues he created and he needed to and and the retcon itself apparently was something he decided shortly after error one so it's not like it's a new retcon it's apparently mm. an old retcon it's just it he's never been able to put it in writing um i, I mean I, I again i agree with you guys as well i never had a problem with lorassium I don't think Lorassium was the problem. I think there were other things yeah, that maybe were problem. It's, maybe it's for future ideas. Like, all right. Oh, how is how is Wayne going to be able to to burn Trellium? When you get Isekai'd into the Cosmere, uh, just <laughs> if you find a weird metal, you should eat it, and it will either give you powers or it'll kill you. So roll those dice. 
<laughs> that's what they at metal that that will totally kill you and give you powers at the same time. It's the best of both worlds. Which one's at metal again? Aluminum say, harmony. Say, harmonium cesium. He doesn't like cesium though. Cesium. Cesium. What's at metal? That's just what it was called the first time it appears in the books. And many other times that it appears in the books. It's a word that you've read a bunch of times, Dave. Not in this book. I've been reading this book for like three years. There's that. Uh, yeah, so Dave, you want to click that link that Tori posted and read our transcript? Oh, it's Ada. Ada with stuffies. She's still in her stuffies. I want to see the things. Hi, Ada. <laughs> oh, she got headphones down. Uh, hi, Ada. Hi, Ada. This is staying in the episode. Hi, Ada. <laughs> it says spoiler warning. Go ahead. Gibberish. Yep. Uh, you yep. Have Keep to scroll scrolling. down under the picture. Ta-da. So long. All right. <clears throat> Transcript, top to bottom. And so the top bits are Navani, and the undertext is Raboniel. So it alternates between Navani and Raboniel all the way down. Which becomes obvious. Raboniel's soul-harvesting dagger. The white gold metal vein down the middle conducts investiture. Raboniel calls the metal racium and says there is not enough in this dagger to collect her soul or that of a herald. I am not sure I believe her. Hold up. Undertext. Wait, let's have Craig read the undertext. Uh. So, Craig, you are playing the role of Raboniel here, and Dave, you are playing Navani. Navani is right not to believe. I have given her a few reasons to trust me, after all. But in this thing, I do not lie. Why give into the enemy's hands the means to destroy me? I will I will oh, proceed with my experiments. Our discovery of Warlight, paired with my eventual understanding of this dagger, might yield a way to stop this war. Though I think we disagree on what an acceptable end to the war actually looks like. The ruby is housed in a metal other than racium. Silver, maybe? I can confirm the metal is not racium, but a silver-nickel alloy and does not affect the dagger's function. Touching the dagger to half of the ruby does not pull out the half-spren. Cracking one half, however, allows the spren to escape. The dagger immediately pulls the spren along the racium vein and into the gem at its base. I suspect the vein of racium continues through the dagger's hilt and somehow attaches to the ruby at its base. The racium vein is removable, reversible, and conducts investiture directly to the gemstone. And scene. It's so it's a silver removable, reversible, and ingestible. Man, if Navani knew about god metals and allomancy, she would totally shave off a little bit of that and have herself a nice metal snack. <laughs> Part of this balanced. You breakfast. just want people to burn strings god metals. That's what you want. Yes, for science. So what does that metal do when you burn it? Uh, it explodes on contact with with water. So no. What if you have a dry mouth? <laughs> What if you down it with, like, uh, a shot of whiskey? It's it. It is going to be Wayne. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, Can't so... Can't wait to see Wayne burn some met metal. Necrosil is a nickel alloy of chromium and, and nickel. And the undertext said that it was a silver-nickel alloy. So you think they think silver is chromium? Yes. That says it. No, it does. Mm-hmm. She said it doesn't interfere with the function. Yeah, it doesn't affect the dagger's function, which means yeah. that silver continues to be kind of special, but not really in the Cosmere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weirdly special, but in a different way than aluminum is. Like silver is just inert, and aluminum actually 
actively blocks, but not a, but not fully inert. It still interacts with some things, like on uh, Forest of Hell planet. Oh yeah, true. Silver is the most interesting metal to me, and I've been I've been like hyper focused on this since Shadows for Silence, and because it I think has it's yet confirmed. to be explained properly. I think me. it's been confirmed that it's not uh, their their word for aluminum. It really is silver. Yeah, their word for aluminum is Raukalist. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They know the difference between silver and aluminum. So does Scadrial, because they actually use the words silver and aluminum. Yeah. All right. So Navani learns uh, that she can, like, crack a gem and draw it into the dagger, draw the half sprint into a dagger. And since the gem in the dagger is bigger than the one on the other half of the whatever it is, she moves the big gem a little, and it moves the little gem a lot. Force multiplication. Which, which I'm pretty sure I could think of a way. I could think of a way to use this method to measure investiture. Like, having this ability, mm-hmm. I think, would allow people to devise a measurement device for investiture. But, no. Um, we get sand. Rebonial's got pocket sand, yep. so, you know, <laughs> we don't need it. We, we have special black sand that turns white, when exposed to investiture, I don't so, recognize anything like that. So, well... Nah, we certainly haven't read any books that contain sand that's white. <laughs> so let, let me make sure my and understanding... And we never will, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> let me make sure my understanding... Can I look at the pictures? <laughs> ...of this is correct, Dave. So, it, essentially, it's using investiture to multiply the force that's applied to the particular gem. So it's a combination of you physically moving the object... And it actually uses up more investiture to translate that into a greater force. Oh, I didn't think about it. I'm just pretty sure there's a way to use this principle well, to make a measuring device. Th- that's why, if that's the case, and like you said, if we essentially know the distance, we know the the um, the coefficient, uh, then then you can calculate how much investiture was used. Yeah, there'd be some kind of interaction between potential energy and kinetic energy and investiture uh honestly i mean even just having the split spren fabriel is probably enough but this allows them to do it in a in a more realistic space uh so this is kind of like the principle of in physics of conservation of momentum Mm -hmm. so you think of investiture as mass uh when when uh you know an object increases in mass its velocity decreases in order to maintain momentum, right? Because momentum is mass times velocity. Yeah. And doesn't so Rabonio actually say that momentum has been conserved? Isn't that, like, directly said in the book, or am I misremembering? I think the word conserve is used, but I don't think momentum. She says, like, maybe she says inertia, or maybe she says investiture. Inertia and mass are the same thing. Uh, or I guess, more properly, mass is a measure of inertia. Okay, I'm going to break, break in here because this is something that I always I always like to complain about. Uh, kilograms are not a measure of weight, you guys. Kilograms are a measure of mass, and pounds are a measure of weight. You cannot convert between pounds and kilograms. You can, but only if you also <laughs> know like the amount the of gravitational constant. force on, yeah, on a thing. Yeah. So you can do on it on Earth. Yeah. Within- you could say... You know, you could convert pounds to Earth kilograms. Wait, are are you saying this is one instance where the U.S. is correct to use pounds? No. Yes. (laughs) No. 
<laughs> because a kilogram is going to be a kilogram no matter where you are. But usually we measure. We're not. We don't usually measure mass. You're like you get on a scale, it doesn't measure your mass. It measures your weight. It measures the force that you're pushing down onto the scale. But it doesn't. Uh, but weight doesn't matter unless you're on Earth. Weight doesn't matter unless there's a greater gravitational force that kind of negates any. Like the reason that weight matters is because Earth is so massive and has a great enough gravitational constant that like the gravitational force between me and any given object is insignificant. Uh, but my question is, why not? Why not just use newtons? Why not use the actual metric measurement of weight slash force? Like, why why aren't we converting pounds to newtons and just being proper about it? I don't well, know. Well, it depends on what would those numbers be. Like, if I wanted my weight in newtons, what would that number be, and would that be a reasonable thing to walk around? It's it's the reason we don't use. Um, I Kelvin think a hundred pounds is roughly a hundred pounds is roughly three hundred newtons. If I'm let me just look that up. One hundred pounds in newtons. So four hundred forty-four point eight two two. So because Wayne Newton already had between... his day, and his day is over, Dave. We do not celebrate that man. Actually, we probably do. He's I, as far as I as I know, he's fine. He's great. <laughs> Viva la Wayne Newton. No, it's about Isaac Asimov. So so people's weight would be between, like, I don't know, 500 newtons and, like, over 1,000? That is not... Oh, hey, guess what? We're already using the me- metric system. We can just call them uh, hecka-newtons <laughs> or deca-newtons. Like, they've already built into their system. Like, I'm, I'm 0. 0.5 hecka-newtons. <laughs> uh... Anyway, what was the point? Well, no, it'd be a, it would be a kilo newton, are, wouldn't it? Like, it's it's just 1,000. It depends if you want 1,000, 100, or 10. Oh, true, true. I don't think that you need to go into kilo newton. Anyway, I don't know why we're talking about this. Uh, we're talking about the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast, you guys. We should, uh, we should start doing a podcast where we talk about Brandon Sanderson novels well, and have one person that hasn't read the books yet. I suggest Craig and... <laughs> We'll all talk behind his back. As we've established, uh, all things exist within the Cosmere, including the Imperial and metric systems. So, hmm. so we Chapter we actually 85. can't go on tangents. It's impossible for us to go on tangents because it's all part of the Cosmere. Chapter eighty-five. Dabit. Dabit is different, but not scary different. Dabit doesn't want people to think he's Dabit different. Just Bridge Four different. Everybody poops, even fused. Not Kirby's. All right, everybody poops on Roshar. Yeah, why why does everybody poop on Roshar? Like it's it's an okay planet. It doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> I mean, everybody on Roshar poops. That's a weird way to phrase that with some un- <laughs> with some unnecessary commas. You just everybody poops on Roshar, Dave. Come on. <laughs> everybody on Roshar poops except for our good pal. And yeah, Rushu doesn't poop. Yeah. Maybe she poops on a different planet. Wonder how she's doing. JK, she's fine. She's a Chandra. So so this is nice that we're actually getting a lift perspective because she asked these the good questions, right? This is a Dabid perspective. Oh, but Lift is there. It's Dabid observing Lift. But I do like I do like how Lift is, is like kinda like, yo, back off. He doesn't have to answer all your questions. Like if he wants to be private about his personal info, like don't badger him. But at the same time, Relaine is coming from this from a we're all Bridge 4 perspective, and we don't keep secrets from each other. We, like, Bridge 4 is a safe place. 
and and yeah, and it it and is a David little does apologize. It is a little hurtful that David felt that he couldn't share that David didn't feel comfortable enough to share this. Like Relaine admitted to being a spy from a people that they were actively at war with, and David w- couldn't ch- chime in with like, "Yeah, I can talk." Well, wait, hold on. I want to defend David here, um, because firstly, you don't know what other people's reactions are going to be. Yes, Bridge Four, and clearly they support each other, but he gets one opportunity, and if for one whatever chance, reason, one moment, Mom Spaghetti, <laughs> this happens to be the one thing where Bridge Four starts treating him differently. They certainly wouldn't kick him out. That's not a thing Bridge Four does. But if they start treating him differently because that's how he was born, like not that he knows that they would do this, but I'm just saying from his perspective. This is his worry, his fear, is that he's finally accepted, he fi- he has this group, and the one thing, when they find out the truth, when he admits it, and they start treating him differently, then there it goes. Like, that group, the people that he found, it's just gone. So he gets one chance at this. So, better to be safe, and just pretend that it was... I, I mean, and part it's, it's not like he wasn't experiencing this this thing from the from the war from running the bridge clues it it did affect him it just let them assume it made him mute it's just easier that way counterpoint even with all of this in place he's still at most the third weirdest bridgeman <laughs> yeah i mean renarin bonded a, an enlightened sprint right dave a you're forgetting Nazi. you're forgetting a very important the lopen mm-hmm. the lopen mm-hmm. yeah which like yeah he is pretty he is weird and he he was an odd fellow before he became a radiant. Yeah, but now he's even. Yeah. <laughs> but um bump. Now he can count to ten without taking his boots off. I mean, he should be able to count to like ten one thousand twenty three, but what do I know? <laughs> Alright, uh I did think about teaching yeah, Ada how to count in binary with her fingers, but I'm like, it's not worth it. Sorry, let me let me She'll rephrase my, my joke. Uh now the Lopin can count to ten without stealing Kaladin's boots. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. Kaladin does what he must because he can. The sibling told David he would be healed when he became radiant. Or did they? Teft is awake and grumpy. I'd be grumpy too if I had to be awake. Mood. It was David's idea to ask Lane for help. So this chapter is going to be summarized by Mike. Uh, we got a David chapter who is chatting with Lyft as she's just been sprung from prison and uh, I don't think Dave mentioned it but Lyft does immediately ask about her chicken she does yeah so she has probably already formed a a capital C connection with her chicken and she didn't eat it yep Uh, but wait she can turn her food into investiture what if her food's already invested whoa she could compound the investiture Huh. Uh, anyway, that's a good Dabin, point. Actually, could she actually like if like, she ingests metal? If she ingests, well, the metal itself isn't invested though. She would have to eat a um a sphere that that's burrito, invested. chowder, <laughs> yeah, made out of uh, gem spheres. Yes. Um. Yeah. Dabit is different, and he's always been different, and he likes the term different as opposed to any of the other varieties of of terms that might be used by others to describe him. He just likes different. Uh, yeah. Lyft wants to know about pooping, because of course she does. 
that the fused poop like they can they can do all this cool stuff but they also still have to poop what oh. even is the point oh god i've just re hey guys remember how there are like nine fused that just hang out in stone inside stone pillars 24 yep. 7 yeah mm-hmm. they still poop <laughs> yep do they though well we've established that they, they do eating? it depends on if they well, eat first of all you're you're believing lift's understanding of the science yes <laughs> but I think that you have to eat to poop. No, no, no. Lift, Lift understands this. Lift knows poop better than anybody. <laughs> Way better than Rushu. Exactly. Uh, Dabit assumes that the sibling told him stuff that they didn't necessarily say, which is, um, yeah, that's that's a thing that Spren seemed to do is not actually promise stuff, but seem to. Especially the Bondsmith Spren. Or the Odium Spren. What's his face? Ulim? Mm-hmm. The Void Spren. Oh, the Void Spren. Void Spren, yeah. yeah. Um, Kaladin is in Portal, apparently. No, he's still alive. He does what he must, because he can. Mm-hmm. For the good of all of us, except the ones who are dead. So, Yasna. Uh, yeah. Teft wakes up, and he's grumpy, and yeah. Yeah, I, I also would prefer not to be awake. Just sort of in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then hey, we can just call the episode now and go to bed. And then Dabid asked Raylane for help because, yeah, yeah. All right, this uh, this chapter eighty six, the song of mornings. Look how naturally I'm acting. Why do you need to capture a storm sprint to get it out into a storm? And the answer is because they're actually in the cognitive realm. So I wrote that note before I realized the answer. Uh, promise you will serve me. I promise I will serve. I, really, Venley? You're gonna, you're gonna, you don't see through this statement? I, she really doesn't. This is, this is she just, uh, She's honor spread levels of not understanding subterfuge. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Yaxlim, what happened? Esh and I and Venley sing the sun song, and dusk coincidentally falls right after. But it's actually the happy birthday song, which is based on the old folks on Good Morning to You. Which is in public Actually, domain now. Think, yeah, well, the happy birthday song is now in public domain. But the uh, good morning to you is, like, way out of public domain, which is the melody of the happy birthday song. Did, like, did, so was the copyright on the lyrics, or what? Or did she, like, copyright an old folk song somehow? I don't know. But anyway, this is described as, like, it's basically like a children's nursery rhyme song that's to help. Uh, the the listener children learn how to... It, it kind of gives them the building blocks of melody and rhythm so that they can learn more complicated rhythms as they age and learn, which is pretty cool. And it's called The Song of Mornings, so it's good morning to you. Uh, yeah, and of course, Esh and I wants Envoy form so she can flirt with Dalinar. Yeah. She's like, I wish I had a different form so that I could communicate with the Blackthorn better. Because, you know, maybe I could convince him to put an end to this war. Or go on a date. You know. Or go on a date, yeah. So, yeah. so um, this actually confirms my prior theory that I haven't told anyone about. That uh, Navani actually killed Eshenai. <laughs> because she's jealous and doesn't want competition? She had to seduce a Blackthorn, you guys. And she couldn't do that with hot warrior bug lady on the prowl. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, happy birthday to you dates from the 19th century when sisters Patty and Mildred J. Hill introduced the song Good Morning to All to Patty's kindergarten class in Kentucky. 
how old is the folk song though? Uh, okay, hey, hold on. Was. Good night. How? Good morning to all. I said good morning to you. So how old is good? Good morning to all. Sorry, I, I, I'm. There's multiple things here. Let's see. Good morning to all. Well, I can't the, actually uh, click on it. It looks like it's traditionally been attributed to American sisters Patty and Mildred J. Hill in 1893. So that would be... Maybe they did write it then. Happy birthday to you. And it was published in 1893. So that's where the copyright would have first came from when it was uh, formally published. I thought it was like a, an old traditional song that was even older than that. Well, it says that there's like there's happy greetings to all, good night to all from 1858... A Happy New Year to All from 1875. So there's like a lot of different like 19th century folk type songs related to Good Morning to All and whatever else they're they're singing about that is similar. And the listeners had that song. Yeah. According Soil to the Coen Brothers film Inside Lewin Davis, a folk song is any song that isn't new but also never really gets old. Aw. Which is, it's my favorite Coen Brothers movie. I freaking love that movie. It's so good. You guys could you guys should see it. I have seen it. Inside Lewin Davis, great mm-hmm. movie. Inside Lewin Davis is it like a sequel to uh, Influenza Joe or whatever that movie was called with David Hyde Pierce and Chris Rock? Osmosis Jones. <laughs> I got it. Influenza Jim. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So eighty chapter eighty six, the Song of Mormons. Anything else to say about it? It's a flashback. And Esh and I and Venley kind of get along for a little bit. But then Venley's like, screw you, older sister. I'm going to go look for Storm Spran. But they have a moment. So this it's is touching. this is a year and a half ago. So this is legit like during Way of Kings. Oh. Like th- This is when I think Esh and I wanted to somehow figure out how to talk to Dalinar. And she didn't know how to get that across. Right, yeah. So this is actually like... Okay. I wonder... Do you think Venley actually tricked no because Venley didn't want Esh and I to take storm form but do you think Esh and I maybe thought that the storm form would be something more like envoy form and she was taking it on thinking that it would give her the ability to talk to that I, I think there was a little bit of trust of Venley at that point because she requested something that would help her with diplomacy mm-hmm. so I suspect that was the case um but I thought I thought we actually get more of that back in words of radiance where she she realized that it would actually like do something harmful to Venley. She's like, I will take that on to sort of protect Venley. Or to take all the credit, mm-hmm. which is what Venley thinks. Well, yeah. So I think it's mentioned that they have discovered nimble form at some point since the last uh, flashback chapter as well. Oh yeah, no. At at but this yeah. point, this is this is like Way of yeah. Kings. They have all five forms. They're about to get storm form. form. It was, did they have art form, or was that one they were looking for? Well, they were using mm-hmm. nimble form as, like, the art form, but it so they it was close form, enough. Nimble form, dull form, mate form, and soldier form. War form. Which, they only added... They a- So they only added a war form and nimble form then? Yeah. To, to what they had before Ulam showed up. Yeah. That sounds that yeah, sounds right, yeah. Because yeah. they had work and form, about to get and mate form, form, and dull form. Yeah. And dull form, yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else to add for chapter 86? Nope, one more to go. Alright, now we'll get to everyone's favorite chapter of the week. The the Adolin one. Trial by Witness. Yasna does crossword puzzles. But where did that come from? That's, the, that's 
It came from chapter 87, Trial by Witness, by Brandon Sanderson. But Yasna isn't even in the chapter. Storm of Kings. She's mentioned. This is like the the my big takeaway from this chapter is that Yasta does crossword puzzles. Okay. Although they're probably a lot easier to to write and solve since everything's symmetrical. It's kind of like, oh, you ever do a Kikuro? Not a Kikuro. You ever do a, a, a nonogram and like you, you do like two different lines and you're like, oh, all the shapes are symmetrical. Thank you for giving me half a puzzle designer. I still work it out logically when I when I run into that. I I do when I'm not. But sometimes I get lazy. I'm just like, all right, this puzzle stopped being fun because yeah. y'all cheated me. Um, but man, nonograms that aren't symmetrical are great. All right. Uh, oh, I've discovered more notes on the parchment. Honor is not dead so long as he lives in the hearts of men. Well, that's like at the town end. Didn't, town didn't break. Adolin may be doing the opposite of what his mission was. Oops. And then we go back to Shalon, where we go to Shalon perspective. Shalon falls out of a tree. Several attractive men. Yar of Stormlight, sold by the Eyrie. Honor sprint aren't stupid. They're just different. <laughs> so yeah, Yasta does crossword puzzles. Uh, Adolin has his little trial dealie, and he he has three witnesses that the honor sprint have to testify against him. The first is the the tender of the scratch scratch eyes the dead eyes um the dead yeah. eyes and the you know the one and he's he's familiar with this lady because he goes he would go to visit Mile Aaron and you know she watches the dead eyes and she's kind of like ah i see what the humans did to our kind and her testimony basically boils down to dead eyes exist yeah you don't want to be more dead eyes do you just dead eyes exist uh, and then next witness is Adolin's tutor, the Inkspren, who's like, he's a yerk face. Mm-hmm. We don't trust humans, and they'll be bad. End of testimony. And her whole like, her whole testimony <laughs> is, I wouldn't help the honor Spren unless I really believed this, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I'm an Inkspren. Good point. Good point. And we hate each other for some reason. I've noticed that uh, there's a lot of. Sprint that don't like the honor sprint because they also don't necessarily see eye to eye with the cryptics either. I definitely see like I <laughs> or or the high sprint. Like I definitely see the the honor sprint and the high sprint not getting along, or the honor sprint and the cryptics. I, I, I really thought we were told that nobody really liked the cryptics. Yeah, weren't we mm. told that by mm. by Sill or Windle and, and honor sprint? Well, maybe Windle. I think we you could mean trust Sylfrena and Windle. No, yeah. No, I mean rock. <laughs> Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore. That's right. Get uh, it right. Because I certainly won't. So in this discourse from Inky, or is, it, is this Blinky? Blended. Or maybe it's Pinky. Or, or Clyde. It could be Clyde. You know what? I think they should have called the fourth ghost Stinky. I, I think it's much funnier that they went rhyme, rhyme, rhyme. Different. Clyde. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, Clyde... But come on, it's a brown... The brown one could have been called Stinky. I think that would have been great. Um, Honor is not... Oh, yeah, so the Ink Spren's saying, like, Ha, our people weren't stupid enough to trust the humans. Only half of us died, unlike you guys who... Apparently, every single Honor Spren became a Deadeyes except for Sylphrena. Yeah. So where did all these Honor Spren come from? The Stormfather made them. New ideas? Or yeah. the Stormfather oh, made some yeah. of them, and then they made more of themselves. Yeah, I see. Okay, so so Frenna is 
the oldest nun dead eyes honor sprint. Yes. But I believe That's she she's was the ancient daughter. She was the also, ancient daughter, yes. I believe she was the first honor sprint made by the Stormfather, though. I, I think that is true, yes. Oh, yeah, okay. That sounds familiar. Like, Honor himself actually made the sprint, maybe. I mean, they're named after him, right? Or they just came All into right, being so spontaneously. We... So what we're saying is none of them were around for the recreants. None of the Honor sprint were. Mm-hmm. But uh, Informed was. Uh, and then final witness is Captain Notum, who is now journeying over land guy Notum who is now <laughs> being shuffled out of the court after yelling a thing, Notum. Because he realized that... because yeah, Adolin gives him the stare. He was not going to be... Well, no, he doesn't. He specifically, he's like, he was never good at doing a stare. So instead, Adolin pleads with him. Adolin bees Adolin, and Adolin's Notum. No, I think he gave him the stare, too. He just admits no, no, that I got it quoted. That's he important. tried to. But also... Uh, he immediately follows it up with, yeah, man, it's okay. Just just tell him. It's fine. Okay, here's the quote. Give him father's stare, Adolin thought. The stern one uh, that made you want to shrivel up inside thinking of everything you'd done wrong. A general stare. Adolin had never been good at that stare. Go ahead, he said, instead. We got you in trouble, Notum. It's only fair. And, you know, he's he doesn't aid it. Uh, Adolin and commits right. to something. So he specifically thinks he should give the stare and he's like i can't do the stare i'm just gonna be straight up and honest with him and it works and notum's like yeah it all hangs on the word instead it, yep there it is it does a lot of work that <laughs> oh, word you're right you're right uh and then kellick's like i can't believe town breaks look at all this wreck or this uh desolationing that's happening and adolin's like town didn't break town never breaks and then I guess that's probably why you guys think town never breaked. Yep. We, we get a lot. Who's it? Sophrena? Who says? Does he mention it? The, so the problem Sophrena is Kellick told him that town didn't Well, break. Kellick in the beginning, he, he assumes that town must have broke because here well, we are. It's a natural assumption. They yeah. came back. So, but, but we hear through a number of different sources, and I believe it comes from the Stormfather, that town did not break. And and it, it's it comes I up frequently said in that, this book. I didn't know who Talon was. Yeah. So that's the end of the trial. Uh, it ends in a massacre, and then we go to Shalon. She falls out of a massive tree and pretends to bonk her head so that Pattern can convince the Honor Spren that the only way to save her life is to give her Stormlight. And then she slights of hands, uh, emerald out with a done one. And now she has the stormlight that she needs to pretend to be Kellic. So, and, and so patterns. She understands the context that giving the the verdict in Adolin's favor isn't really going to accomplish anything. Well, there, there's more to that, but uh, patterns bluff ability is apparently greater than the honor sprint's very low perception. It's insight, Craig. You you roll insight versus a bluff check. It's sense motive. Uh. Not for a while. And <laughs> uh, but more importantly, uh, one of the honor spren takes Shalon to an all-you-can-eat Stormlight buffet and then gets mad when she alls-you-can-eat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, there it is. That's this week's chapters. Yay. Hey. Chapters. And we're back to the trial. 
Yeah. We've been ignoring we that. This is kind of like this is like a Phoenix Wright game where you're like, oh man, I can't wait for the trial, and then you have to do like all this investigation phase and all this walking around and figuring out which NPC you're supposed to talk to at which exact moment to to trigger the next part of the story. <laughs> which honestly, there was only a it was only a really big problem in the in the first Phoenix Wright game. I think they they definitely improved the investigation sequences after the first one. So. Uh- Brandon posted a recent video to his YouTube, and he actually talked a little bit about the design of uh, Rhythm of War. Actually, I don't know if it was on his mm-hmm. YouTube or he was just giving an interview. But um, essentially, the problem with Rhythm of War and why it was so difficult to write is that the... And he admits that the flashbacks are sort of lacking in this book compared to his previous books. And the reason is because he had to use a mm-hmm. lot of information from Eshenai and Venli in the other books to sort of describe and explain what was happening at the time. So Rhythm of War is sort of unique in that we don't get as much of a flashback uh, story compared to the uh, the previous three books. Uh, and, and it's sort of lacking yeah, in that respect. Not, not getting a ton of new information. Right. From the flashbacks this time around. And it's just because he had to use that material in the other books. Imagine if we never saw anything from Eshenai's perspective in the first two books. Or actually, I think there isn't any in the first book. But in the second book, if we didn't get any Eshenai mm-hmm. stuff. Like, we sort of would have been a little bit lost from about their perspective. But it would have all came from this book. Uh, and the basic thing right. you get from the, from the flashbacks is that Ulim is actually responsible for everything. Yep. It's all he, Ulim all the he time. He will serve. He, he said he will serve. Ain't he like Puck? Pretty much. All right. I'm out of Dave stuff. Yep. I'm out of Dave. Bye, Dave. All right. <laughs> Bye, Dave. Bye, Dave. Bye. Dave's gone. Play the, Play thing. the thing. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Uh, I brought up all my stuff during chapters, except one thing, which is uh, one of the um, little things at the beginning of the chapter. Epigraphs. Thank you. Mentions a character name that I don't think I've seen elsewhere, but I assume it's Hoyd. Uh, Midius? Yeah. Although, who who is saying that? That that was Raboniel. No, so, okay, are, the exact quote is, let me read the quote. Oh, no, because this is uh, Kellick saying it. Midius once told me, told me we could use investiture to enhance our minds, our memories, so we wouldn't forget so much. And then if I type in Midius, I get something about the Lyre of Partenel, which is a story that takes place on Yolin and features a character called Midius, a light weaver who adopts the name of his master, Hoyt. Hey, look at that. And if I click on Midius, it sends me to Hoyt. Mm-hmm. So I think you are correct, and that is indeed Hoyt. Another name for the notorious Hoyt. Woo. You got him. <laughs> collecting names, collecting investiture. like. I mean, he just does a pretty hobbies. It's yeah. a pretty safe bet that if someone mentions a name you haven't seen before, it's probably Hoyt. <laughs> Especially if they're telling them to do something with investiture in some way. Yeah, it could be Vasher, but we also are pretty sure that Vasher and the, um, good God, why is my brain not working today? Azure? The ten people. The Herald? The five scholars? The The five scholars. Thank you. Okay. Vasher has not interacted with any of the Heralds. We can be pretty sure of this, I think. 
I don't think he wants to. He does not want to. Okay, do you want me to quickly get through these bullet points? Yes. <laughs> and you'll have to Tori's like, I want to go. Because I didn't nah. read the chapters this well, I'll read a, a couple of the key ones for you guys. Odium and his tone had become part of Roshar as cultivation and honor, who had not been created alongside the planet, had become part of it. His power was natural and no more wrong or right than any other part of nature. So this is sort of a certain suggestion of why uh, essentially Tower Lake can't be made anymore. Like the, If you just sort of assume that the pure tones are honor and cultivation, you'd be wrong because Odium is now part of the planet as well. I, d well. I don't think that's the case of what happened with the Recreants. I think there's something else going on, but that's the explanation that they think, uh, specifically Bentley and the stones that she's chatting with. Venley functionally comes up with the tone for the combination of cultivation and odium light, whatever that would be called, in order to she does. practice her stone shaping. She just which easily mixes it, no problem. That that's funny because, and that that is really funny because Raboniel couldn't even think that there would be a way to mix both uh, storm or uh, honor and, and odium. Yeah, but cultivation odium, no problem. Venley well, just picks like, it up. Could this be I, part I of her envoy farm? No, I'm I'm wondering if it's because uh, Venley, as a listener, has uh, been hearing the rhythms of Roshar for all this time, whereas yeah. the Fused, uh, they use the new rhythms, and they don't use oh, the old rhythms anymore. So, like, true. it could just be that Venley's like, yeah, I'm way familiar with this other uh, rhythm, and I'll just add it to the Odium rhythm, and then that's, I don't know. To, to go along with it, the fuse are specifically of odium at this point. Like, they are cognitive shadows that were made from odium, like, by odium. So they are totally connected to odium, whereas Venli was originally connected to probably a combination of both honor and cultivation, but it seems, like, closer to cultivation for, for the listeners. Um, and I, I would actually lean toward just cultivation. Like, the, the singer race abandoned honor to join out to swap sides to odium okay and then yeah. the listeners abandon odium so who's okay. left mm. okay sure yeah um, i so... could see them not getting back with honor because that would be like crawling back to your ex and that'd be awkward she's, so she's already connected to cultivation and of course everything that we're seeing in the flashbacks what she was doing at ulam she was connecting herself to odium so for her she has the connection to both so it's easier for her to find that harmony no, he's still on Scadrial. Oh my gosh. Um sorry, we gotta we gotta wait. Yay, baby oh, time. Oh the baby came back. Hello, Aiden. With more stuffies. Oh, different so stuffies. Many stuffies. Is that a Simba? I think it I is. see a Simba. There's that, a, that Simba, is a Simba and there's a Dalmatian. Can you say good night, Ada? Good night, Ada. Good night. Ada. Good night. <laughs> okay. She whispered it. Okay. That's whenever I tell I, her to talk to somebody else. She whispers it. <laughs> so, like, we go to get pretzels, and I tell them to go get two pretzels, and she's like, two, two pretzels. Tomorrow, Ada. Tomorrow. What's tomorrow? We'll go yeah. get pretzels. You need to know. She, she, I take her to the pretzel factory after daycare, usually on Monday. Aww. Um, I want to go to the pretzel factory after daycare on Monday. Yeah. So, yeah, she just whispers uh, to people. Okay, so back on track. Uh, I did want to highlight this because it reminds me of Sazed. Harmony, 
if you will. More, she had their songs. Because of her mother's diligent and insistent teachings, the songs had not died with the listeners. Which is Sazed having the copper mines of all the knowledge of the religions. Mm. It's like the same thing. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. Venley can resurrect the, the listeners. Like, well, she doesn't have to resurrect them, as we'll see. No, um, that's a spoiler, Craig. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm going to skip the other ones. We're in spoiler time, so it's okay. Uh, and uh, Lyft says, you see the chicken around here? Big red one. I lost them when I was running away. So there you go. Chicken. And I did I did highlight the uh, that Hoyd told Kellogg that you could use a vesture to enhance our minds, our memories, so we, we wouldn't forget so much. But as we learn later on, Hoyd specifically stores his memories away because if you if you just maintain the memories in your head uh that causes a breakdown if you're a cognitive shadow i think that's what we learned from vasher right mm. well he specifically uses breath but i feel like a copper mind would do this even better yeah <clears throat> so unkeyed copper mines for all cognitive shadows but is you the can solution. but ruin can mess with the the words in a copper mine is that true of breath as well i mean i guess it's, uh, in it's, that it's, case i would i would guess that yeah uh who's the Naltus endowment endowment yeah endowment would be able to screw with memories held in breaths i mean we, we see to. we see Todium messing with hoyt's memories at the end of this he book, does so yeah and he specifically so like steals breaths or something right if it's made of investiture a shard can get access to it okay but you're storing away memories that you're not actively using. So, like, what's the harm? It's it's like those boxes that you put in the attic and then you don't get them out for five years. You didn't need that stuff in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, for some reason, Kellick wants to maintain his memories and Hoyd gave him a, a reason to. But as we've seen from, like, pretty much all of the Heralds, um, I don't think it's just a symptom of them being tortured. It's also part of them lasting for 7,000 years and trying to have all of those memories from the past 7,000 years. Yep. Uh, all right. Let me see if there's anything else here. Uh, something about Navani humming tones. I'm going to skip that. Uh, she couldn't do the, the odium parts, and uh, Raboniel couldn't do the honor parts. Hey! That's the important bit there. That goes back to what Tori was sort of saying and, and what I went along with with the connection because the humans the humans now don't have a connection to Odium. Or at least Navani certainly wouldn't have a connection to Odium. Uh, I, I guess Dalinar had a little bit because of the throw. But Raboniel, like we said, is connected to Odium, so she wouldn't be able to, to have that. Yeah, I, th- I think that just goes along with what we were talking about earlier. That fits. And then Venli has a connection to Cultivation. And through her captured Void's friend that makes her a regal, a connection now to Odium, which allows her to combine those two. So I highlighted- so she could she could make whatever light that combination is. Hate plants. <laughs> Poison ivy. Uh, I like that. I like that. Because um, you don't hate plants. Cultivation doesn't hate plants. No, they are You're plants made of hate. You're just passionate yes. about plants. Plants made oh. of hate would be poison. Okay. Yeah, then I hear that. Middle-aged white women? Hmm. There's a, the Master Gardener organization. They're very passionate about plants. <laughs> uh, all right. I did highlight something that Lyft said. She shrugged my awesomeness. The slippery part doesn't work anymore. But this does. Wonder why. So mm. the growth surge, or sorry, regrowth surge, which is like strictly from cultivation, that still works. 
but not for the her. frictionless slidey slidey. For her, because she can power it with tower or with life, life flight. flight. Life flight. Yeah. Well, I don't know why the slippy slidey wouldn't work because she is still powering it with life flight. So it's something about how yeah. these surges manifest themselves in the physical realm as well. So it's not just that she's powering it with life flight, but it's also how it. No, I got a question. I got a question. So, is it because she's powering it with life light, or is it because it's cultivation's surge? Would it theoretically work for the other edge dancers if they were awake? Like, remember, she's the only one who's awake. Well, no, that's a good Uh, question. Okay, we know that nothing with stormlight works at this point. Nothing with stormlight works. um, Venli has to use void light to use her to use her um, radiant powers. All the Fabrials have to use Void Light. Nothing with Stormlight works. Stormlight is shut off. Yeah. Then, okay, that's valid and fair. But then, how does that surge even work if it's a cultivation surge and it's powered by Stormlight all the time? So, the regrowth, that's just messing with identity. It's tapping into someone's identity and having their body be closer to what that identity is. It's it's an internal type surge it's only affecting the person internally whereas the friction of slide that's a physical property of a, like that that is external i should say it's external so it appears that external type abilities so is this the same internal external that we talk about when we do allomancy well in this respect i am saying that's that's the same yes but but it, the surges don't quite mix with that. Like they they're not like strictly external internal. They don't have that same division. If that we Alamance made a chart, <laughs> talk to Dave. Yeah, I I'm not making a chart. Um, but okay, so we've seen that the uh, what is it? Not not abrasion. So abrasion doesn't work. What's the attraction? Is that the one? The strictly honor of honor surge. That still works. Adhesion. 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 Thank you. So adhesion still works. And regrowth works, which we're claiming is strictly of cultivation. But the combination surges don't quite work. Adhesion, my argument here still is uh, that they just don't have it for whatever reason. Like there isn't a specific, this is, this is honor surge. No, it's just the one that the, that they think the, doesn't the exist. The one that they just don't, that Odium just didn't give. Yeah. And and it's all propaganda from there. Yeah. And, like, it doesn't work because they don't have that to flip it, I guess. I don't know. So I think it's because I don't remember the rest of the book, but they know Lyft can actually wake up the other Radiance, and she eventually is going to wake up the other Edge Dancers, right? So I guess we'll see if they can do the same thing. I don't remember. I bet we have listeners yelling at us right now. Oh, I'm sure. I can hear them from here. Like, I, I feel it. It's like, <laughs> I sense a great disturbance in the force. It's like that. So I it's think like, that will answer. I said is a it, wrong thing already. Yeah. Is it a cultivation thing or is it a lift can access life flight thing? So I don't come, come yell at us in two months when the episode comes out. And we <laughs> will have already figured out what we did wrong with this one because we'll have, we'll have two months more of reading ahead in the book. Mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead and let us know what we did wrong. You've been real good about that from earlier stuff in the book. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I did have something about Ulam. Ulam had been nervous about Gavilar's sphere. That's the anti-Voidlight sphere, correct? I I guess. 
Okay. The little Maybe. spren said Gavilar hadn't been working with him or any of Odium's agents. Indeed, he'd, be, he'd been hostile to them. So Ulim had no idea how he'd obtain Odium's light. Oh, this is just void light. Or he thinks it's just void light and doesn't know that anti-void light is a thing. Mm, true, true. And I think later on we find out that it is anti-void light. So yeah, this is anti-void light. He doesn't like it. He doesn't know how Gavilar got it. And Dave already pointed out that Eshenai was essentially asking for envoy form. Which is sort of funny that Venley gets that. Uh, and then finally, I'm at the trial, and he's sort of saying what the stakes are, and this is the reason. Because I think, Mike, you were asking, like, why is he going along with this in the first place? And th no. there's a number of... No? No, I was asking why he didn't just take no for an answer and go back home. Yeah, that. That's what I mean. It comes right here. The war needed Radiance, and Radiance needed Spren. If Adolin failed, it meant leaving thousands of troops to die without proper support. Like, Adolin is thinking long-term, big picture. It's not just a quick diplomatic thing. Like, he needs to succeed, and this is a test that he can perform. This is not up to a Radiant. This is up to Adolin. This is why he took it on himself, partially to prove himself that he's still useful, partially because he's the only one. But this is why Adolin's doing it. His orders weren't go get yourself put on trial and put to no, death yeah. pointlessly. It yeah. was set up, begin diplomatic relations with these people. Yeah, and him the walking end? away, it would not have it would not have started the diplomatic channels. Like it was an end of the diplomatic channel. So he had to do something. Or at least that's that's his view. I feel like he had more options than that. Like what if they build a structure across the street from lasting integrity? And just camp out there until, <laughs> and just be more stubborn. Be more. Well, that's not Adolin's approach, though. It should have been. <laughs> Adolin uh, standing outside, lasting integrity with a boombox over his head. Like, like they had. <laughs> that's what, so Adolin. What's the, what's the radiance that get peak spren? That's the, uh, that's the stone wards. Stone wards. They had stone wards. Those guys are supposed to be stubborn. Like, that's one of their core attributes. Is They're being dependable stubborn. and resourceful, which is definitely an Adolin type thing. Anyway, they could have set up, you know, Lasting Integrity 2, the sequel to Lasting Integrity, just across the street from Lasting Integrity. Yeah, but they're like, also, hey they're, they're like, suffering like, from... Like a massive, like, protest outside the gates, like anyone who wants to go in, except nobody's going in or out right now, right? So the problem is they don't have time for all this, though. That They have a limited time. Like, the war is happening now. They lost a ton of people. They need Radiance started to be bonded now. Not but in a year. the thing is that they have a ton of people. This is the point of why they need more Radiance is, or why they need Spren, is they have, yeah, they in have fact, the people, too many people. Yeah, they have right, the people, but they don't have Spren to Right, they need the Spren. Yeah, exactly. They need the sprint, and they can't wait years. And I, I'm guaranteed the honor sprint could out stubborn anything the humans could come up with at this point. They've been doing this for centuries. Well, no, there I, be think, I think I think all of the other sprint as well, all of the other bondable sprint. There should be envoys to them as well. Mm -hmm. It's just I think because the of the uh, squireness of Bridge Four and the Windrunners in general, it was just yeah. easier to get a bunch of honor sprint. Dalinar just thinks of, like, the Windrunners are the core, and then there's a handful of other types, but they can't be depended on. They're not Windrunners. Well, okay, you don't have Skybreakers, because they're working with Odium. 
Uh, you're not going to get any more else callers because Ink Sprint are like heck no. Because they're not Unless ivory. you send envoys to them. Uh, I don't know. The Honor Sprint also said heck no in exactly the same way, Craig. If you're if this is worth pursuing, then so is that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think I think the Ink Sprint are harder to convince because they have a, a different um, they have different views and values compared to Honor Sprint. Honor Sprint is like we can appeal to their honor. Like we have Dalinar, he's working with the Stormfather, who's supposed to be Honor's remnant. We have an in. They have the ancient daughter. They have a bunch of other honor spread with them. Like there, there are channels. There's tools that you can draw from here. I mean, in my mind, the I, honor spread do make the most sense for yeah, trying. Yeah. Well, to and convince. also like Windrunner is more of the soldier order. Like I will protect those who. Yeah. Like that's that's what they're for. That's what their oaths are based right, on. Right. Which is, is which is my argument is that Dalinar sort of sees them as the only order that is worth pursuing getting more of yeah well and like you see like you know he doesn't want more edge dancers <laughs> and they're you, useful well, th- but, but they are you support. know they're, like, they're useful we know that an else caller can wreck shop because we've seen what yasna can do by uh, soul casting people in the middle of a fight but is that like if you got a bunch of else callers and you were like okay go take out that army would they do that like would their oaths translate into Yes, we're going to charge into battle and do the thing. Like, what? I mean, are, like, what are their even, oaths? Like, even at like the third level, Kaladin is already having trouble actually going into a fight. Yeah, right? but that's Kaladin. That's a very Kaladin-specific thing, based on is it his history. I think so. Or is it a Windrunner thing? Of Teft like, Tefton seemed event- to have that kind of trouble. Yeah, but that's why he stayed behind. Sure. Um, no, uh, like. You, you eventually just build up the in your head the people you have to protect to everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing Kaladin is struggling with. But the thing is, Dalinar, the only thing he knows is Kaladin. Like, Kaladin is the only one. And it could be specific to Kaladin that once you get this far, this happens. Regardless, he's looking for new sprint and new bonds. So we're talking about, you know, second ideal, which is great foot soldiers. Well, flying foot soldiers uh that's what he needs he needs he needs the bolster and he needs these abilities so i i, 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 I guess th- i think the honor sperm makes sense i guess the crux of what i'm saying here is that dalinar is still bad at this <laughs> he we, uh, he's we a have general. not yet we have not yet seen except in flashbacks we haven't seen dalinar do anything he's good at we've seen dalinar struggle to do things that he's bad at yes that he should let other people do. But you know what? He's also bad at micromanaging. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I, so it's a matter of scale, right? Like micromanaging is okay if you're managing something small. But when you're managing an entire like people, um, you know, when he was just the general of the armies of Alifkar, fine. But now it's all of humanity. And that's that's too much. He can't micromanage anymore. He's got to think bigger, and he's not doing that yet. I think from his perspective, it's like, okay, let's assume the war goes very poorly in the next month. How can we change the course of that? What do we need to do? He knows how useful the squires are, and essentially the Windrunners are ready. They're a bunch of squires, so they have access to the abilities. They've been practicing with those abilities. They just need sprint to bond so they can go do their own thing rather than following their their wind runner that their squire to around so that is what they need so that's a positive there 
your folk, you know, limited time. And as I mentioned, there's a lot of different ins and things you can draw from by negotiating with the honor sprint. So based on that limited knowledge, they might be the best of the radiant sprint that he well, can and approach. also I think the honor sprint are kind of like the leader sprint. So like if the honor sprint follow them, then maybe like they won't even have to send an envoy to the ink sprint because the ink sprint will be like, well, the honor sprint are doing it. So um, not to be outdone, they'll they'll come along too. Like I, don't know, I feel like there's a lot of politics happening. There's a lot the, of politics in the yeah. cognitive realm that we just don't know because it's politics everyone's like I hate our- the honor sprint. I politics can't even follow is... real politics, so like <laughs> fictional politics is like way beyond me. Politics that Delinar is bad at, is ignorant of, and doesn't understand, and puts his foot into. Yeah, Dalinar is bad that at is, so that many is things. How Dalinar do? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let's uh, let me move on so we can wrap but up this episode. You know what Dalinar is good at? Remembering that he has a son. <laughs> Uh, we were fortunate that no bondsmiths existed at the time of the records, though how the sibling knew to end their bond early is a matter of dispute. How weird. Huh, Mike and Tori? Hmm. So, just as a reminder, the sibling was the one bonded and had a bondsmith at the time that Bay Ada Mishram was, was doing her thing to the singers. Yep. And the whole uh, record thing. Malishi was the name of the sibling's bondsmith who left a, a voicemail in in the wall of, uh, hey, this Baido Mishram fella seems like a real bad egg. I'm going to go deal with that. Peace out. <laughs> yeah, that's a good And then summer. was never seen or heard from again. So that's the, the sort of, the timeline is Baido Mishram bonding with singers. Malishi, we should do something about that. Hey, I think I know what we could do about it. Something happened, which caused somehow the bond with the sibling to break, and then shortly but, after that, but not we had in a way that, but not in a way that actually killed the sibling, but may have actually harmed the sibling pretty badly. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but it was sometime, and I think the sibling was the one who mentioned it was sometime when dealing with Bayada Mishram that it lost access to being able to create Tower Light, almost now. as though. Uh, the connection with the pure tones of Roshar, a.k.a. Odium, Honor, and Cultivation, was broken and then reformed with Cultivation right away, Honor a little bit later at a great cost to Honor, and Odium not until the start of the this new final desolation. Mm. So my my pet theory is that we essentially had, with the Recreants, a chasm line was created. It, using the term from Elantris, something like a chasm line was created that affects the pure tones in some way. So, but I, I, I mean, I like what you're saying, Mike. What if, all right, I'm thinking this through out loud. So you've got... That's my favorite way to do theories, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Odium is over on you know, in, in Damnation... And Braze. yeah, and he's trapped there, and uh, but he's got these unmade that are doing stuff for him, like they're kind of his his hands, uh, doing his work while he's trapped, uh, and so Baito Mishram like takes over the odium tone, and so now it now it's the Baito Mishram tone, but it's the odium tone. It's just Baito Mishram is in charge of it. Somehow it connected to the tone, which allowed yes. so her then, to connect to the singers. When Baido Mishram is captured, we lose the odium tone, 
until Odium is able to get back in there. Yes? I mean, yeah, that's that's okay. more or less what I'm saying with the addition of it also broke the connection to Honor and Cultivation. Cultivation was able to put it back right away. Honor a little bit later and with did some damage because the Oath Pact was already in not in great shape and also weakened him. Yeah. And then Odium wasn't able to reconnect until after the Everstorm was summoned because he was stuck on a planet because Talon wouldn't break. Go Talon. Woo. And the only thing we know about the Recreants is that they think it's because the humans figured out that they were the original uh, Voidbringers and that apparently they would then put down their, their arms because of it. And then we uh, I later called learned nonsense by... on that way back when. I still call nonsense on it now. Oh, I agree. And then we learn from Maya, she basically does the same thing of you will not take my pain. In this case, it's a you will not. What's the exact? I mean, we we'll chose. see in a moment. Yeah, you, you'll, you'll not like remove my choice or whatever it is that she says. And, Tori, and one more time, he was talking over you. We chose. We chose. So that is closer to what happened, that there's some choice that's made. I think that, maybe it's the Recreants itself, that is how they had to fix Honor's pure tone. Maybe it's not necessarily Honor, because maybe Honor was weakened enough that he he couldn't do anything by then. And maybe what they did was a way to repair Honor's pure tone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because either way, we we'll we know Honor out. shortly dies after uh, the Recreants. Yeah, we we don't know. I guess we'll find out. When is Book Five due next year? Uh huh. Twenty twenty, early twenty twenty five, I believe. Because oh, he's right. currently he got running pushed it. a little bit. Yeah. Um. Okay. Real. I'm almost done. Real quick. Uh, <laughs> an unchained bondsmith is dangerous, but the Stormfather did choose one anyway. And it's. I just wanted to highlight the choice of calling him an unchained bondsmith. Like no, he's he's hecka chained. Like but, well, he they, doesn't. They he doesn't have Ishar's sword. He's hecka chained. Navani's got a lock <laughs> on that. Maybe they feel he's unchained because Honor is dead, and okay, so therefore so they don't have that. F Moash, Gavilar sucks. Dalinar is bad at this, and hecka chained. Yeah, but he's not on the same level. Don't put Dalinar in the same category as those other two. Because he's hecka chained. <laughs> no, this is just our this is just our taxonomy. <laughs> and also, uh Moash is gonna be the secret to Warlight, clearly. They betrayed us long ago, but never on the scale of the humans. Perhaps the High Sprint have the correct idea in joining with the armies of the fused. Yeah. Okay, and then after uh when when Notum does his uh honor is not dead as long as it exists in the hearts of men. Kellick shrank down in his seat, looking panicked as he put his hands to his ears. He let out a low whine, pathetic and piteous, and began to shake. He didn't even want to hear those words. Is it because uh, of using Honor's name, or is it specifically what was being said? They they sweep it on the rug, say, oh, this is just an old argument, but Kellick is legit distressed by hearing this. Um, I think both. Like, the, the concept behind the words is one that terrifies him because he is partially responsible for killing honor mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also hearing honor's name is you know humperding 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 <laughs> okay and had he been at the duel when kaladin was like honor is dead but i'll see what i can do he probably would have had a similar reaction <laughs> right all right last one most of the stormlight was contained in a large construction at the center of the room a kind of vet or tall jar this was technology Shalon hadn't heard of before coming to Shadesmar, and apparently not even the Honor Sprint knew how it worked. 
Hey, we've seen these. Oh. Is is this? I think this might be the the door the, is the a door jar. is a jar. Yeah, yeah. Is this basically the door is a jar? Mm-hmm. So this would so, be untyped investiture that's stored in a jar. Right. So Kaladin, or not Kaladin, Kelsier, uh, planned out a heist to steal this tech from the Irie. Yeah. I, I, I should continue. They could be purchased from a group of strange traveling merchants called the Irie. So the, yeah. yeah, this is the same thing. It comes from them. Ooh, I hope we get a short story on that. Oh. That'd be a cool heist. That would be a fun story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's all I have. <laughs> I ha- yeah. I I covered everything, but the I think this guy might be Hoyd bit, and we covered that. And yep. I, as has been mentioned, failed to read the chapters this week, so I have nothing coherent to add. But because of our discussion, you remembered all of it clearly, right? Absolutely. Yes. I I had this great visual the whole time y'all were talking. Oh. Uh, in sort of like personal news, in a couple weeks, uh, the wife and I are going to the symphony to go see Radiohead v. Brahms, which is the OK Computer album, I guess, matched up with several Brahms, like classical music songs. That sounds fun. Okay. Are either of you in the Radiohead's OK Computer Change the World camp? Because, no, no. I'm not really, like, it's a fine album, but it's it didn't like blow me away and i know that there are people in that ca- like that is a thing that exists is and I your just, wife no. in that camp no oh. we're, we're both we're both pretty pretty solidly on like yeah this is a pretty good album but like it's fine i but should be fun i have nothing to add either personally or for the chapters and craig's so, gonna go get uh go get uh pretzels that's tomorrow no that's that's tomorrow yeah it, you're gonna go get pretzels tomorrow ada has already gone to bed <laughs> And so should we. Good night, Internet. Yeah. Bye, Bye everybody. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is Traveling Made Up Continents by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.